the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Their identity is in Christ, right? Where there's no longer Jew or Gentile or male or female or slave or free. Like We're all one in Christ. Isn't the world just trying to divide us up right now into categories and labels and this group and that group? and that? We're one in Christ. We're one in Christ. Our identity is in Jesus Christ. Not in all these labels. Our identity is in Christ. And so this same verse is applied to both Jews and Gentiles. I love it. Many of us would be quick to agree that it only takes but a few minutes of scrolling through social media to see the division in our society. What used to be topics we could cordially disagree and move on have become incredible points of tension and strife. In today's message, Pastor Dan reflects on the amazing unity that Christ offers where all who come to Him are one. In his study, you'll learn about the healing, unifying, love-inspiring unity that the gospel brings and how society desperately needs it. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Hosea chapter 1 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Verse 8, for she did not know that I gave her grain and new wine and oil and multiplied her silver and gold, which they prepared for Baal. She didn't realize. She thought it was from all these idols and all of these other gods she was worshiping that were giving her her grain and her new wine and her oil and multiplied her silver and gold. She thought it was from all of her. It was really from her husband. And this amazing God's grace here. As she's out being unfaithful, the Lord, her husband, still continued to provide for her. Isn't that amazing? And she didn't even know it. She thought it was these other gods. And the Lord just let her think that it's from these other gods. Amazing. Now, if it was you, you I'm going to cut her off, right? You want to go after those gods? Then go after those gods. You're not getting another penny from me. No more grain, no more oil, no more gold, no more, nothing, nothing. You'll see. You'll come crawling back, right? No, but while she's out there being unfaithful, being promiscuous, he's making sure she's provided for. Wow. How much has God protected us when we were out there? Provided for us. We didn't even know it. Or we thought it was ourselves, right? <laughs> our, our great intelligence and our great ability. All along it was the Lord. Verse 9, Therefore, I will return and take away my grain in its time and my new wine in its season. 
And I'll take back my wool and my linen given to cover her nakedness. Verse 10. Now I will uncover her lewdness in the sight of her lovers. He, he warned her that he would expose her if she didn't repent. And now that time has come. And no one shall deliver her from my hand. And I will cause all her mirth to cease. Her feast days, her new moons, her Sabbaths, all her appointed feasts. Now, when the kingdom of Israel divided into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, uh, the northern kingdom actually stopped going down to Jerusalem to worship at the temple. And instead, what they did is they, they built a worship center way up in the northern part of Israel at Dan. You can still go there and visit it today, the, the altar that they built. And they, they set up a golden calf in Dan and said, you're not going down to Jerusalem anymore. Yahweh's no longer your God. We're going to worship the golden calf. So they set up a worship center in Dan and a second one in the southern part of the kingdom at Bethel. And yet at the same time, they, they still kept some of the religious celebrations that were appointed in the scriptures, some of the feasts and the, the you know, new moons, the Sabbaths, all of this. They, they still kept that, but they're worshiping the golden calf. They're incorporating it into the worship of the golden calf and other gods as well. Gods like Molech, gods like Baal, which were gods of pleasure and prosperity. And so God now says, I'm going to take all of this away from you. I'm going to take it all away. And then, not only is he going to take all of it away, verse 12, he says, I'm going to destroy her vines and her fig trees. Of which she has said, these are my wages that my lovers have given me. So I will make them as a forest and the beasts of the field shall eat them. He's going to take away all of their prosperity now. Again, it's an agrarian society. Uh, it's very, very prosperous at this time. And so he's basically saying, I'm going to crash their economy here and show them. Verse 13. So he's going to remove Israel's blessings and prosperity because she's gone after these other gods. Then he says, and I will punish her for the days of the Baals to which she burned incense. She decked herself with her earrings and jewelry and went after her lovers. But, she, she for, but me she forgot, says the Lord. Now watch verse, four, verse 14. Therefore, here's what God's going to do now. Therefore, behold, I will allure her. You probably didn't expect to see those words, huh? I will allure her. I will bring her into the wilderness and I'll speak comfort to her. Do you see God's heart for the unfaithful? God's heart for the unfaithful. I'm, I'm, I'm going to allure her. God says, I've got a plan to win her back. I've got a plan to win her back. I'm going to allure her. He says, I'm going to take her out into the wilderness, which is desert. Now, again, if it was you and you've had a wife like this, I'm going to take her out in the desert and leave her for dead. Right? And I hope the buzzards eat her alive and that she suffers greatly. Right? You want vengeance. But here's the Lord's heart. I'm going to allure her. He doesn't even say, you know, I'm just going to write her out of my life. I'm going to forget about her. I'm never going to speak her name again. She's dead to me. I don't ever want to think about her again after she's, the way that she's hurt me. What does the Bible say? Jesus doesn't leave us and he doesn't forsake us. 
no matter what. Nothing can separate us from his love. Look, at, look again at the, at the verse. There's almost a sense of, uh, uh, God has almost a sense of excitement in telling us what his plan is to win her back. Look at verse 14. He says, therefore, behold. The word behold means look. You know, let me tell you what I'm going to do. Let me, get, let me tell you what I'm going to do to allure her, to win her back. <laughs> now, if, if, if this were your, your buddy married to a girl like this, You'd say, bro, she was like this before you married her. And she's been like this throughout your whole marriage. She's had kids with other men. You, you, you need to just end the relationship for yourself. Right? Like, you, you don't, no, I'm not going to let you try to win her back. Like, no. Like, that's, no. She's had plenty of opportunities. You, you need to just end this thing for your own good. But God's not like us. And he says, I'm, I'm, I'm going to win her back. I'm going to bring her into the wilderness. I'm going to bring her out into the desert. And I'm going to speak comfort to her. I'm going to speak to her heart is the idea. I'm going to speak intimately to her. Now, the wilderness, the desert, it's a very harsh environment where it's just dis- difficult to survive from one day to the next. Just finding food and water is very difficult in the wilderness. And so just survival, just basic needs Meeting your basic needs to live is hard. It's hard in the, in the wilderness. Sometimes God will take us into the wilderness in life where it's just difficult for us to survive one day to the next. I'm just, try, I'm just trying to get through the day. You know what that's like. Where sometimes you have to have another adult say to you, did you eat anything today? No, I, I haven't. Did you take a shower today? No. You're just trying to survive. You're just trying to make it through the day. And God will take us into the wilderness sometimes to reveal himself to us in a new way, in a deeper way. That's what he's going to do here with his unfaithful wife. I'm going to take her out in the wilderness. I'm going to take her out in the desert where I'm going to be the only thing she has. Where she'll have to rely upon me. I'm going to take her out there and I'm going to allure her. And he says, I'll speak comfort to her. Verse 15 I will give her her vineyards from there, from the wilderness. He's going to restore everything back to her. And the valley of Achor as a door of hope. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. Now the Valley of Acor, if you're a note taker, uh, if you remember Joshua chapter 7, Achan, remember Achan, uh, who, who took what didn't belong to him out of Jericho? And it was in the valley of Achor where Achan was put to death for his sin in Joshua chapter 7. And Achan's sin, Achan's sin was the first sin of Israel after they came into the land. And so 
they dealt with that sin in the valley of Achor. And he says, I'm going to take her to the valley of Achor. And the valley of Achor will become a door of hope. I'm going to speak to her heart. I'm going to speak comfort to her. I'm going to speak tenderly to her. And then I'm taking her to the valley of Achor where she can put away her sin. Just like in Joshua's day. Just like when Israel first sinned. She's going to put away her sin. And then verse 15 It'll become like a door of hope, and she shall sing there. Once she puts away her sin, she's going to sing. She's going to worship. As in the days of her youth, as in the days when she came up from the land of of Egypt, she's going to put away her sin, and her love for the Lord will be renewed and revived, and she'll worship the Lord, and she'll sing there, the place where she puts away her sin. And it's going to be just like in the days of her youth, when our marriage was new, And we lived on love and we didn't have anything except some manna and some water out of a rock. Right? And she's going to return to her first love. Right? Just as Jesus said to the church in Ephesus, you've left your first love. And then verse 16, and it shall be in that day, says the Lord, that you will call me my husband. Finally. And no longer call me my master. And isn't that beautiful? It's a beautiful picture of God's love and devotion. And it's actually a play on words here. The word master is the word Baal. Which is one of the false gods they worshipped. The Lord says you'll no longer call me Baal. You'll realize that Baal is not your God. That I, your husband. Am the Lord. So verse 17. For I will take from her mouth the names of the Baals. And they shall be remembered by their name no more. Verse 18. In that day I will make a covenant for them with the beasts of the field. With the birds of the air. And with the creeping things of the ground. Bow and sword of battle I will shatter from the earth. To make them lie down safely. Now this is talking about the kingdom age again. And I will betroth you to me forever. Yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and justice and loving kindness and mercy. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness and you shall know the Lord. And it shall come to that and to pass in that day that I will answer, says the Lord. I will answer the heavens and they shall answer the earth, meaning he's going to send rain upon the earth. The earth shall answer with grain, with new wine, with oil. They shall answer Jezreel. God shall scatter. God's going to return all the blessing upon them. Then I will sow her for myself in the earth. And I will have mercy on her who who had not obtained mercy. And then I will say to those who are not my people, you are my people. And they shall say, you are my God. It's just so beautiful. Now this verse here, verse 23, then I will say to those who are not my people, you are my people. Uh, in Romans, the Apostle Paul takes this verse and he applies it to Gentile believers. And then in First Peter, Peter takes the same verse and he applies it to the remnant of Israel. Jewish believers. And so you have the church. Gentile believers and Jewish believers. 
and they're one in Christ. Right? Their identity is in Christ. Their identity is in Christ. Right? Where there's no longer Jew or Gentile or male or female or slave or free. Like, we're all one in Christ. Isn't the world just trying to divide us up right now into categories and labels and this group and that group? And that? We're one in Christ. We're one in Christ. Our identity is in Jesus Christ. Not in all these labels. Our identity is in Christ. And so this same verse is applied to both Jews and Gentiles. I love it. So, chapter 3. It's only, don't worry, it's only like five verses. Okay? There's no point in saving it for next week. Then the Lord said to me, go again, love a woman who is loved by a lover and has committed adultery just like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel who look to other gods and love the raisin cakes of the pagans. Again, at the end of chapter 2, the Lord is looking ahead to a time when he will allure Israel into the wilderness and, and, and their relationship will be restored and Israel will finally, finally love their husband, the Lord God. That, that's all going to happen at the end of the age. So now he comes back to reality, to the current time in verse 1 of chapter 3. And the Lord says to Hosea, go again, love a woman who is loved by a lover and has committed adultery. He doesn't call her his wife now. He says, she's just, you know, just go love the woman. And has committed adultery, just like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel. He still loves Israel, even though they've committed spiritual adultery against him, who look to other gods and love the raisin cakes of the pagans, these little offerings they would make to these different pagan gods. So here's what he does. This is what Hosea does. So I bought her, his wife. He's talking about his wife. So I bought her for myself for 15 shekels of silver and one and one half homers of barley. Hosea has to go and and purchase his wife. She's a prostitute. It's at a point where he can't get her to just come home. He's got to pay the price to purchase her out of her prostitution. Now, he pays for her 15 shekels of silver. That's, listen, that's half the price of a slave. That's half the price of a slave. And a homer and a half of barley, which was half the daily ration given to a cow. Sin has taken a toll on her. Sin has taken a toll. Sin always takes a toll on our lives. Sin makes us impoverished. Sin makes us feel less valuable than we are. Especially sexual sin takes a huge toll on a person. Israel's sin took a toll on the nation. It wasn't the great nation it once was. It wasn't as valuable, as rich as it once was. Sin has brought the nation down quite a bit. Now look what he says in verse 3, And I said to her, You shall stay with me many days. So uh, Hosea says to his wife, Gomer, I almost said Homer, combine the two. (laughs) You you shall stay with me many days. You're going to stay home. You're just going to stay here. You shall not play the harlot anymore. You're not going out anymore. 
nor shall you have a man, so too will I be towards you. I, I'm, I'm not even going to be intimate with you. You're just, you're just going to stay home, and you're just going to sit here for an unspecified amount of time. Then he says this also is an illustration of what God is going to do with Israel, his wife. Verse 4, here's the illustration, just as Hosea's wife is kind of put in like this, this time out where she's just to sit at home and not go out anymore, not have a man, uh, not be intimate with her husband. She's just there at home in the house. It's an illustration of what God's going to do with Israel. For the children of Israel shall abide many days without a king or prince. Does Israel have a king or prince today? No, they don't. Without sacrifice or sacred pillar, temple, without ephod or teraphim, speaking of the high priest. And then afterward, afterward, the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. They shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. So that's the time stamp for us. We're talking about the latter days. Hosea is instructed to just keep his wife at home for an unspecified time. And it is, in a sense, a test for his wife to see if she can just stay home and just stay home like a time out. And here he says, it's a picture of what God's going to do with Israel. He's essentially going to give Israel a time out where they no longer have a king. They no longer have a prince. They no longer have a temple. They no longer are able to make sacrifices. They no longer have a high priest. And it's un, an unspecified amount of time. Now, this time began 70 AD. The Romans destroy the temple in Jerusalem. The priesthood ends. The sacrifices end. They don't have a king. And Israel is still kind of, you know, sitting without a king, without a prince, without a sacrifice, without a temple, without a high priest. And they're still kind of in that time out even to this day. For this unspecified amount of time that's going to last, we're told in verse 5, until the latter days, the last days, and in the last days, finally, they'll return. And they'll seek the Lord, their God, with sincerity of heart is the idea. And they'll seek David, their king, or the son of David, Jesus Christ. And they shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. So here, what Hosea writes about, isn't this amazing? What Hosea writes about 2,700 years ago, it's happening today. They're in this time out. They're in the penalty box for this unspecified amount of time. With no temple, no sacrifice, no high priest, no king, no prince. We're in this, <laughs> what he's describing. And they're going to sit there. And then eventually, they will come to fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. And Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for these three chapters to get us started in the book of Hosea. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness to us. Lord, even when we are unfaithful to you, we thank you that you never leave us. You never forsake us. You never give up on us. We thank you for that. We thank you that you pursue us. And, and you seek to restore our relationship with you even when we go astray, even when we backslide. We thank you so much for that. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. He asked me how I know and I said,
Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Hosea, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. As you listen through this series, we encourage you to read on your own as well. If you're a parent, you understand the quandary of disciplining your child. You hate to do it, but because you love them and want to bring them back into a right relationship, you give them consequences for their sin. In a similar way, God acts justly because He loves the people He created so much. He wants to bring them back into a right relationship, but this requires judgment for sin. If you're ever struggling to understand God's sovereign ways, always look back to Scripture as your guidance for God's all-knowing example. Are you enjoying this study in Hosea? If so, visit our website, calvaryec.com, to hear more messages from this series. You can also subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast. It's a great way to keep connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you each time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. While you're visiting our website, you might be interested in learning more about the church that supports this ministry, Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. You could even come join us this weekend for worship and Bible study. Once again, visit calvaryec.com for details. And thanks for tuning in to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.